Limitless Wrestling fans, it's another edition of the Limitless Wrestling Podcast coming to your ears on Podbean, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you may get your podcasts sent to your device. We are coming to you. John Alba here alongside the czar of Limitless Wrestling, Randy Carver. It's been a couple weeks, Randy. Some things have been a little chaotic in this country and for that reason, kind of want to take a step back and, and let the world uh, do its thing. But it, it certainly has been pretty wild, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. And uh, I definitely think, I mean, your schedule has been busy as hell as always. But um, I just kind of felt it was a good point to kind of take a step back and really uh, let more important things kind of be at the forefront for sure. everybody. So um Definitely wasn't a bad time to take a couple weeks off of the podcast, but we're back today. Uh, another Ask Limitless episode, and I'm pretty excited to get into it. Yes, and I would like to get a conversation going about some of the things that have happened here in the past few weeks, and I think that's something that we will look into doing, especially given how vocal pro wrestling has been about some of this, Randy. Yeah, and I'm, I'm very happy to see that. I've been uh, talking with a lot of Limitless roster members and colleagues, and I think that we are going to get together a podcast episode. And not only that, uh, I'll spoil a little something here that's coming in the next few months. We're getting together a Limitless magazine, um, a little, like, not, not necessarily something that's going to run very frequently right now, but uh, we're at least going to get an issue out there. And uh, I've been talking to Aiden Agro specifically about uh, maybe writing something about the world today in his own words and his experiences. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just crazy right now. We went to myself, Agro and uh, Danger Kid went to the, the protest here in Bangor like a week ago. And uh, very powerful shit and very, very good that it stayed peaceful. And a lot of uh, a lot of roster members I've been seeing have been, uh, you know, attending and doing their part and getting the word out there. And um, I would really like to uh, get a podcast together with a few different people and kind of just talk about different perspectives of this. So hopefully we'll begin that. And I'm glad that you guys got out there and protested. You know, I, I just want to say this. I did my three years up there in Maine, and there is a severe lack of diversity there. I grew up in an extremely diverse part of the country, and right now I'm in a pretty diverse part of the country. And up there in Maine especially, there really isn't a lot of diversity. So to no. see it coming out and, and being demonstrated and many coming out in support of it, and obviously there are some who are out and against it, but to me, I think that's really eye-opening for a lot of people up there to see some sort of proactiveness towards diversity. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it, it was eye opening to me in, in, you know, Bangor, where uh, I think the total population of the city is like just over 30,000. And uh, there was well over a thousand people that were there the day that we were there. So uh, very cool to see how many people are coming out. It certainly was. And, 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 and that was uh, that was something that was really refreshing to see. So we're going to try to provide some entertainment for you on this edition of the Limitless Wrestling Podcast. As some of the world starts to get open again, there are some pro wrestling shows that are going to be running in the next month, month and a half, which is pretty exciting. Uh, your boy might even be on one. We'll see Ooh. what's going on there. Hmm. Just keep your eyes open, folks. But there are certainly some getting open. That's got to be encouraging for you, Randy. It's very encouraging, and uh, we'll get into it more with a few of these questions, but... 
uh, it's definitely encouraging because there's, you know, there, there's been a lot of different points where I've just felt very discouraged. And I think a lot of people join in that same sentiment of just not really knowing uh, when things will be back to any sort of normalcy, when, uh, you know, who, who knows how long still it'll be until we get like a, a normal feeling limitless wrestling show in the Yarmouth and vets. But um, it's, it's definitely moving in the right direction. Maine has entered stage two of the reopening process. And uh, there's a lot of places that are like flourishing right now with being able to, you know, figure out ways to distance and still uh, be able to open their small businesses. And, you know, it, it gives me hope that maybe by the end of the year, uh, we'll be able to do something that at least uh, feels like a genuine limitless wrestling experience. But um, my fingers are crossed, and we're obviously going to keep looking into what's going to be the safest option for the fans and wrestlers alike. Well, we asked you to ask us questions, and we got plenty coming to us here via social media. So let's get to it. Jessica Lynn wants to know on this topic, Randy, what are your thoughts on drive-in wrestling shows? Would you ever do one? Or do you have any thoughts about bringing Limitless back safely? Well, uh, I think about bringing Limitless back safely every day. Uh, but I, I don't think there's a reasonable way to do it right now unless it was in some kind of uh, drive-in function. And I've actually been speaking with the Bangor drive-in um, like as of two hours ago, I guess. Hmm. And uh, we've been exchanging emails and just trying to figure things out to see if that's a possibility. Um, they've been bringing in a few different, like, uh, I think they, they're bringing comedian Bob Marley in for a, for a couple shows uh, that's coming up in the middle of June. So maybe something uh, late June, early July, potentially for there. And I, I don't really have uh, the outreach of any of the spots in Southern Maine. So I guess if anybody does for any drive-in theaters, um, hit me up about it. But uh, I'd like to do it. I just, uh, with anything that we do under the Limitless banner, I want to make sure that it lives up to the experience that Limitless should be. So um, it's really all about logistics and how this would come together and uh, how ticketing would work as well, but I think there'd be a limit on the amount of cars that would come in. But uh, even if that's the case, I think it's something that I'd like to try and um, be able to do something in the downtime. So it's definitely something that we're looking into. Um, it's just about getting the uh, you know the right location, the right space, and the the right time frame. And it is something that other promotions are doing. Just the idea, maybe instead of streamers being thrown, people will start honking their horns. That's what it's, I was thinking about that earlier. I'm like, how are they going to, if someone starts a clap, is it going to be, is everyone <laughs> um, synchronized? Um, um, yeah. um, but also like on, on the topic of any, anything limitless, um, we have been kind of shooting around the idea of another studio taping within the next, I mean, I, to be honest, like, I don't think that's realistic for the next month or so, but if things do keep trending in the right direction, uh, maybe midsummer, if we uh, if we you know took the proper safety precautions and really uh, figured out what we could do with the studio tape, and we may be able to do something that may stream on uh, IWTV and just could be something you know uh, good for the wrestlers too to actually get back in the rings. There's a lot of roster members I know who haven't been in a ring now in over three months. Isn't that crazy? It's it's bizarre. I mean, we just we just got the school opened back up this week. And it's it's kind of funny, like seeing some students who are, have come in to like run the ropes and anything. Just it's killing them now because it's been so long. Your body kind of calluses. Absolutely. And you, you any to even if like I was talking to Anthony Green um, and even after a few weeks of being out of the ring, you do start to feel it like it's you go from such a rigorous schedule of. Uh, whether you're wrestling or training, you know, at least being in the ring once or twice a week to then having 
maybe two, two and a half, three months without it. It's, it's, it takes a toll. It's like playing an instrument, too. There's a lot of muscle memory. Your fingers, if you're playing guitar, they callous. And Absolutely. then you go a little while without playing, and all of a sudden, it's foreign to you. I think it's a really cool idea to get the studio tapings going again. I, I was never a big fan of studio tapings, but in this COVID era where everything is a studio taping, I've kind of gotten used to it. And I mean, how do you think WWE has done it and, and AEW? Cause, and those are both a little different. Impact hasn't really had anyone in the crowd, but AEW kind of has performers who are allowed to cheer and boo whoever they want, whereas WWE is kind of doing it. The heels, everyone boos the heels, everyone cheers the baby faces. How do you feel about all that? So I've only seen one WWE show since they have had um, some of the NXT talent in the audience. Your boy Stokely is incredible in all of them. <laughs> He's fantastic. Um, I uh, I think it definitely enhances the WWE environment to have that. I think that uh, the WWE studio taping style with no one there uh, just felt a little awkward at times. And AEW really capitalized on doing uh, something similar to what We've been doing for a while that we adopted from Beyond Wrestling. Uh, Ring of Honor does it with their Future of Honor series as well. Like the, the wrestlers uh, being around ringside and actually, uh, you know, cheering who they want, booing who they want. It, it all makes sense. I, I liked when they had uh, MJF and Sean Spears betting on the matches. Do you prefer um, that they get to pick who they cheer for versus the WWE style of you boo the heels and you cheer the faces? Well, um, I, I think, I mean, when you have guys around ringside like a like a shook d for instance or danny jordan um the locals like i i would probably you know want them to kind of stay on track with what they're presenting but if you have like an mjf out there who uh, obviously hates a cody rhodes for instance or any of the nightmare family i mean it only makes sense for him to stir some shit um so i liked that they actually let the characters who had been established be mm -hmm. those characters a hundred percent of the time when they're out there. I think that makes sense. And I yeah. think it's from, from day one, it's really added to the atmosphere of the AEW events. I guess it's a little strange for me with the WWE shows where you're having people who have been well-established as heels like Jessamine Duke and Marina Shafir cheering for the baby faces and then booing the heels. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but yeah. And then you go back to NXT and you watch that program and you want, they want you to believe the same thing about these people. Right. So I, but, but all, all things considered, it, it does still add to it. And they, I'm still getting used to the hockey style glass surrounding the ring. Yeah. That's an interesting touch. The plastic or whatever it may be. I, I start to wonder um, if that's something that they'll will adopt be permanent. when they go back to live events. Could be. Certainly could be. That would be interesting. I wouldn't want to put someone like Ace Romero around those. I know that. <laughs> He'd go through it. Kudos to Ace, though. He looks good. He's dropped some weight. He looks good. Dude, he looks incredible. Um, he's he's trying to drop a, a substantial amount of weight before their upcoming pay-per-view. So he's he's really working hard right now, like two two or three workouts per day, um, eating right. He's kicked alcohol. So he's just – he's really taken this – you know, downtime in quarantine to just really better himself and become uh, the best pro wrestler he possibly can. So I'm, I'm very excited for him moving forward. Good for him. I also want to add, uh, before we continue here, you know, we've been running the Alba Star Search, We're kind of putting that on hold right now with more pressing needs, needless to say, but we will get back to it. I promise you that. 
and we'll get our promo off between some people excited for that. Uh, Henry asks, favorite things about being a promoter, Randy? Um, I mean, there's a lot of things that I love about it. It's really what I've wanted to do for uh, as long as I can remember since being like 10 years old. Uh, but I, I love those kind of moments of bliss when, when everything is going how you planned or maybe even better than you planned. Like the, when, when you feel a crowd, you know, getting behind something that uh, you really hope that they would, or just any organic moments that are created out of, uh, things that you're presenting. I think back to, uh, the beginning of uh, the Casanova Romero Christian, uh, the Casanova Romero AG triple threat from January, I believe. And the atmosphere for that championship match was just unmatched. It was, it was crazy. And uh, it, it really felt like an organic scene because Christian had just come so far. And I think just about everybody in that building that night wanted to see him walk out as champion. Um, I think about the, uh, 2019 Vacation Land Cup. A lot of aspects of that show. That's one of my favorite shows in Limitless history. Uh, the MSP breakdown. Uh, the finals coming down to Anthony Green and Ace Romero. Anthony Green finally getting his big victory and moving on to wrestle MJF. Uh, there's just moments that uh, you feel that captivate an audience. And uh, I feel very strongly about the audience that we do have and being able to see them taken for an emotional roller coaster ride is a very fulfilling thing about promoting events the cage falling down the ca- yeah that i mean that one I, I look back on more fondly than in the moment oh the my moment, god I'm, in, in the, the moment, moment it's I'm, a disaster but but in hindsight that is like the genesis of limitless right there yes um that just i mean that i think solidified how how good this fan base is and i know that's very cliche to say for any promoter about his promotion and the fans of it. But uh, it just, you don't see, you would not see that everywhere. I, I think there's very few wrestling crowds that you would see uh, kind of rise to the occasion like that, and not, you know, be very weary of the promotion after that. Instead, they were very supportive and understood that, you know, shit happens sometimes. And uh, it, it was a really cool moment. Lee asks, could we see an upcoming watch along with JT Dunn? I'd be down for that. I, I think people really dug the watch along, and we could bring JT on. We could pick four JT Dunn matches, have people vote, and then watch one with them. I'd be down with that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he mentioned JT and Cody Rhodes in that same comment as well, which I think would be a great one to watch. Yeah, but, I mean, that'd be an uh, option. What, what would be the – we could we could make this happen here. Whether, whether Dunn is on with us or not, we could do this right now. We could make four selections here, Randy. Yeah. JT Dunn matches. Let's do it. Four matches. Okay. Cody Rhodes match. That's one of them. Uh, the AG Street Fight. The AG Street another. Fight. I agree with that. So that's two. Uh, I would say uh, JT Ace Romero from Pretenders Beware. Okay, that's three. And one of the uh, Kings matches, maybe? Um, I like... Oh, we should... All right, fuck that match with Romero from Pretenders Beware. We okay. should do. Um, we should do the four-way for the championship. Okay. Or uh, maybe I really enjoyed uh, JT and Brody King against oh, Santana yes. and Ortiz. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, I think that'd be a fun fourth one. Yes. Okay. So let's go with those four. We'll, we'll do a future episode on that. We'll try to line it up with Dunn where we can get him on. And and even if we can't, we'll still do a JT Dunn watch along show. Absolutely. That'll be great. Uh, dude, you know how much I love that AG street fight. We talked about that. That, that match is 
freaking great. And that's your favorite, like hardcore match. I, Limitless, I, right? I, I easily in Limitless. It's one of my more favorite that I've seen. Period. Honestly, AG was just so great in that, and Dunn was amazing too. But that was like for me watching AG. I was just like, okay, this guy is really starting to find his own now, and. We talked about it in that interview with him. Like he had the whole Terry Funk character going. It was awesome stuff. Yeah, it was very cool. Let's see here. Limitless Dojo asks, "What student yet to debut has been catching your eye lately?" That's fun, and that's it's also difficult for the fact that until, <laughs> we haven't really had much. Yeah, yeah. Until like the past week, um, you know, anyone who was in here was just alone, you know, working out by themselves. Uh, but. Uh, before, I mean, before and, and throughout quarantine, you can still kind of see who's been trying to put in as much work as possible. Uh, I've been very impressed by, uh, a gentleman named Chris who started on with us just a couple months before, uh, COVID hit in the United States. I think he started with us in January and, uh, he's been really busting his ass and just, uh, picking up things very quickly. And, uh, he's actually a gentleman I met at an IWE show locally who expressed some interest in training, hmm. and he's he's stuck around with it. Uh, I'd say Jesse Nolan as well, who I think is, uh, depending on the status of independent wrestling, I think she was definitely on her way to having her debut match by the end of the year. Um, she's been training with us, I think, around a year now and has uh, kind of had a couple stops and starts, but she's very motivated in and out of the ring um at the gym all the time she's gotten in great shape uh i would say alan as well who is actually someone who started at the new england pro wrestling academy a few years ago um he's local in the area now and started coming with us i think geez six or seven months ago and he's been really busting his ass lately and uh, another person who's gotten in incredible shape from uh starting in wrestling training so i'm very excited for the three of them as well as everybody else uh, once we really get rolling again with weekly classes to see what they can do. Kind of piggybacking off of that, what's the genesis of the whole True TV stuff? You were throwing all some of the promotion out there. We haven't really talked about that. Yes, we, we totally missed that. But uh, that actually aired this past week. Um, so it was uh, Tuesday on True TV. It was episode five of Turdy Works. So. Uh, if you want to catch it, I believe it's on the True TV site, and it does replay on True TV. But uh, we had a little seg in there, probably like five minutes long, where uh, myself, Anthony Green, and Ava Everett welcomed Mary and Katie of Turdy Works to Limitless Wrestling, and uh, a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun to put together, and it got a great reception um, when it aired, and uh, turned out to be a really fun episode. Now, I'm not sure if it's something that she ever wants to stick with, but Katie the <laughs> Crusher. Uh, could definitely come to the Limitless Dojo again if she'd like to. I like to hear the sound of that. Greg asks, who is someone you've discovered or rediscovered during this downtime that you'd like to debut in Limitless when things are running again? So I've actually taken a lot of time to... You're scouting? Re- yeah, I think this is the time to do that. I mean, uh, generally, I, I would try to... you know, I, I would more so go through like the emails and the messages that were sent with links, but... Now, um, I don't really have a lot of that right now because everybody knows there's really nothing going on. So uh, I've kind of been diving through different promotions around the United States and Canada. Um, I'm very impressed with this gentleman named Judas Icarus, um, who competes primarily on the West Coast. Uh, Saw some stuff with Defy Wrestling. Uh, Big Beef Gnarls Garvin uh, from the Midwest. Saw some stuff of him in Black Label Pro. 
Uh, I've been watching a ton of Manders. I know he's already debuted, but I watched a ton of Manders this morning. I'm excited. I really want to do him and Rip Bison. Uh, <laughs> that's been on my mind for months. So uh, he's a dude that I would like to get back. I can't say I rediscovered him because I have been paying attention. Um, and then I'm trying to think of one more. Calvin Tankman is another gentleman who actually just got announced for the GCW show that they're doing in uh, about a month or so. But He's someone who was actually pointed out to me by MJF uh, about a year ago uh, from the Midwest area where MJF was living for a, a period of time. Uh, very, very, like, incredible big man. Gives me some Ace Romero vibes with just how uh, how nicely he moves for a big man. So uh, those are a few people who I'd definitely like to kind of get in the mix of Limitless Wrestling coming up. Pretty crazy to think about MJF living in the Midwest, huh? Yeah, he was out there for like a year, and uh, something about just, elitist MJF doesn't doesn't scream Midwest to me. No, no, I uh, I don't think he liked it back out there. I uh, he's back in New York and uh, happier than ever. His match with Jungle Boy at Double or Nothing Holy was fuck freaking great, wasn't it? Holy man, I I texted him immediately after that because I was blown away the uh, the reverse Rana. Is what got the on one the on the apron. Yeah, got, Jesus, mm-hmm. I was out of my seat on that. It just was, it, it so clean, but just so dangerous. I thought he was dead watching well. it first. Yeah, I um, thought he was dead. I I loved that match. How, I, I really enjoyed it, and I'll always have a bias for MJF. But like, I just I, he's excellent in situations like that. How much fun would Jungle Boy have been in Limitless? Extremely fun. <laughs> <laughs> I think about that a lot. Um, he was someone who we contacted. It ended up being right before um, he, you know, put put the ink on paper for his deal. So there wasn't really uh, anything that he was accepting for bookings at the time. But um, he would have been someone who was would have been extremely fun, I think, in the mix. No doubt. I would have loved to have seen him. Him and Eli Everfly tear it up. Could have been a lot of him fun. And Casanova, him and Casanova would have torn it up. Him and Jordan Oliver. Mm. Yeah. So some matches a... Would have loved to have seen. I went back and watched the Eli Everfly uh, Brody King match recently. What do you think? Ah, oh, dude, it's so freaking good. So I thought that was kind of that was really wild to put it. Like I was excited about that because uh, I don't know how many people knew it, but they were two dudes who came from the same school in California, uh, different times. So they really they didn't have a ton of experience wrestling each other yet. And I actually think it was their first singles match well, they'd ever had. <laughs> I, I watched it because Eli tweeted a compilation video of him just getting killed, like in matches, just various oh. clips of him getting killed. And he left that out. He left out because Brody hits his finisher on him. And do you remember the finish of that match? No, give it to so, me. So Bro- you know what Brody's finisher looks like, right? Yes. So, so he gets Eli up and he just screams, you're effing dead. <laughs> and then he drops him, and he like just bounces like four feet in the air and to his death. And I was like, "You forgot this one." And he tweeted, and he was cracking up because, uh, oh my god, Brody mutilated him. Yes, but, he did. But that match was so great, you almost had a heart attack as they hit the chandelier. Oh <laughs> man, I that was uh, that was the one Portland Club show in the meeting beforehand. I forgot about the yep. chandeliers, so I like I watched it slowly go back and forth and not fall. And then I <laughs> your life flashed before you. And I'm like, hey, there's some fucking low hanging chandeliers, folks. And it was a total accident, but it was just it was 
hilarious because I remember watching that live and you just freaking out. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, Alan asks, uh, who has surprised you? Did I answer this one? Did I ask you this one already? Who has surprised no, you the most? Okay. So. Who has surprised you the most over the past year in Limitless Wrestling? Good question. Um, Rip Bison? Rip Bison, for sure. I think in the world of Limitless Wrestling, I Price. think Rip Bison is definitely up there. Um, because if we're looking at a year ago, I think he was, I don't know, I don't even know if he was in the Rip Bison character yet. Uh, this is something that's kind of been a recent metamorphosis of his character. Um, and he, you know, locals may know him as Tomahawk from previous, but that was just like, I, I, I always thought he was a good wrestler, but the character never resonated with me. And I don't think it really resonated with a lot of people. Yeah. And, um, the, the change then the time that he put into, uh, really becoming a, a new character top to bottom, well, I think is as, it, as, it as Tomahawk, Randy, feeling. he's playing a pro wrestling character as Tomahawk, yeah. whereas now. It's like, here's a guy who's thick, meaty, and will beat you up. And that's yeah. Rip Bison. And he's crazy. He, uh, he had numerous like good showings in Let's Wrestle, numerous on the tapings. It led to him wrestling Warhorse for the IWTV Independent Wrestling Championship. Uh, I definitely think he's going to be a fixture of Limitless Wrestling moving forward. Uh, I would also say Jody Threat. Jody Threat, um, that's a good one. Jody burst onto the scene in September. Um and she, you know, she had a real feeling out process because she was in two straight scrambles. And I know that uh, scrambles can be a blessing and a curse to different people put in them because some people flourish in a scramble and, and you know, earn future opportunities and bigger matches and singles matches. And some people, uh, they, they may have banger you know, one-on-one -on -one matches or tag team matches, but you put them in a scramble situation and it's just not an environment that they flourish in. Um, I thought she did well both times, led to a singles match with Masha Slamovich, and uh, she's really kind of become a consistent roster member since then, and I'm, I'm excited to do a lot more with Jody Threat. I hope to have her on every show. And uh, I, I like when we get these uh, folks who kind of organically become core roster members because she, she lives, you know, it's quite a haul for her to get here, and she's also got a pretty busy schedule, so she's someone who I did not know if – you know, realistically, could we make her a core roster member and have her in in stories and on numerous events? And it just, you know, it just so happens that we can. And she's very stoked about it as well. So I'm excited for more with her. Alec Price probably in that class, too, I'd imagine. Yes. Uh, Alec Price, I thought was a dipshit when I first met him. <laughs> um, to, totally honest. Like, I just, I just, you know, because well, Alec is Alec. Yeah. And I, I love, I fucking love Alec Price. He's like one of my favorite people, but... Uh, upon first meeting him, I just wasn't sure. And I think the first thing that I ever had him do was the let's rumble last year. Um, and he was a, I don't even think he was booked for that. I think he showed up and, uh, helped out and was like a, like a last minute entrant when someone didn't show. And after that, uh, it's, you know, history from there that we've talked about. He, he wins a couple, wins a couple matches, ends up going on this, uh, probably six month feud with CJ Cruz and let's wrestle culminating in a last man standing match uh that feud alone got them booked for not only limitless wrestling but i believe it got them booked for beyond wrestling as well because they both made their debut in beyond against each other um so they they really did a lot for themselves in the time that they were given in let's wrestle and uh both of those dudes i'm, I'm really proud of and they've made incredible strides forward and 
Um, just extremely happy to move into the future of Limitless Wrestling with the two of them beside us. I certainly agree on all fronts there. Dylan Nix asks, have you ever booked someone expecting one thing and got something completely different? Oh, fuck yeah. Um, especially throughout like the first year and a half, I would say, of Limitless Wrestling. Like, I'm not going to single anybody out, but there were a lot of bummers. And uh, sometimes a lot of people who we put some stock in that didn't really pay off. Um, I'll mention one scenario that uh, some people might remember from, I believe it was No Control. Um, which would have been November of 2018, was the main state posse. It was scheduled originally to be the main state posse versus the colony. Um, it was never announced that way because uh, there was a possibility that Fire Ant would have been in Germany at that time, and that's exactly what happened. So he was not able to make the show. Uh, instead, we put a team from Jakar together of uh, Thief Ant, Green Ant, and Travis Huckabee, and we just had a major like miscommunication of what was uh, like wanted out of everything for the match because uh, in that trios match, Huckabee and the Ants were uh, like having communication issues, and that wasn't the point that we wanted to push across at all. And I was quite upset about it, but uh, that was a big miscommunication because I think they were trying to just continue to push what was going on in like a Chikara environment and not. Um, push forward what we wanted in a limitless environment, if that makes any sense. So I felt like the match in total came off really weird and didn't really do anything for the main state posse because um, there was just like a, a miscommunication with us. And then things were like basically being presented that the fans had no fucking idea about, you know? So it just was a weird vibe that I really like. I, looked at it a totally different way when putting it together than how it actually turned out. In a positive way, did you expect PCO to be as cool as he was? No. Um, I had actually been briefed like ahead of time that he was going to be like the coolest dude imaginable. But then uh, even on top of that, like he, we had a bunch of issues with his flight that day. Um, I remember that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was a mess for him to get there for some fucking reason. And uh, I felt really bad about that. But he was like, he was literally the coolest dude imaginable. Sat down, watched every single match after his, um, was cool with everybody in the locker room. There's a lot of stories like that. Like, uh, Gangrel is another one. I knew was, that uh, was going to happen. <laughs> yeah, just a mega cool dude. And uh, I can't say enough how, how cool he was with everybody. Super crazy, another one. Um, who was, there's a lot of like big names that you hope, um, you know, live up to the expectations that you have and just set into place. And, uh, some of them blow it out of the water, uh, Victoria, another one, uh, while I'm thinking about it, who was just like an A plus human being had a great time and just, uh, that's what you love to get. You know, you, you, I, I never want to bring anybody in and make it feel like a job for them. I still want it to be fun because I think it should be. And, uh, it's cool when that can happen. It's an Ask Limitless episode, so you know that we're going to get this question. Jason asks, when Limitless introduced a world championship as a big step, when will we see tag titles? Oh, I knew it. Um, <laughs> honestly, like it's, I feel like it's the same answer pretty consistently, but it's when once we get some like solid tag teams in the division that are consistent. Like, consistency is the biggest thing because, uh, honestly, a lot of the teams, like if you look throughout the history of Limitless Wrestling, 
Um, a lot of the teams that we've had in for periods of time, either one of them or maybe both of them end up going to a bigger stage and then they're gone. Um, so it's, it's kind of been tough to keep consistency within the tag team division. And I actually felt like we were getting somewhere, um, right before, uh, the pandemic, because, uh, we had a lot of teams that we were at least trying to get into the mix of things and with us moving monthly, um, there would have been more, a, more of a call to action, I think, for not only a tag team division, but for tag team titles. John in Orlando wants to know how freaking incredible would an FTR main state posse match be? Ooh, <laughs> it would be a field day. They're on, they're they're on a handshake um, agreement with AEW, Randy, so it's not out of the I realm of possibility. It's not out um, of the realm of possibility. I mean, I would love for them to come and have like a 60-minute tag team main event on a Limitless show, but <laughs> we'll see. I just think that match would be so freaking great. Mm. I do too. Uh, let's see here. We'll get to the patronizing questions here. Calder, <laughs> Calder asks, how much does John save each month from buying his clothes in the children's section? $384. The Enough. Ridiculous. I find it so funny that these loud mouths in the back chirp about me wearing cheap suits and they've never even bothered to get close enough to me because they know that I would be so repulsed by their smell that I would back away from them to see that I am wearing very nice clothing. When I get in the ring, I am wearing clothing that I shouldn't be wearing, quite frankly, in, in Limitless Rings because... Well, there's a track record of things happening to me when I get into a limitless ring that I'm taking quite a risk putting my very nice suits at risk. And I don't know. How about Mr. Grimm on AEW, huh? Kicked yeah, me. Yeah, good for him. Kicked me heels overhead. Then two and a half years later, three years later, whatever it was, makes his AEW debut. Maybe right. Brian Cage was working for me the entire time. <laughs> Maybe so. You like the pairing with Taz, Brian Cage? I, I do. I uh, It was kind of out of left field. I didn't really expect them to be... I don't know if I expected Taz to be like an on-screen character other than a commentator at all, but uh, I'm actually all about it. I think He's it's a really, really good pairing. And it's, that's a legitimate person that you feel like Taz would align himself with, too, so it makes a ton of sense. Can people find Brian Cage and Chris Dickinson on the Limitless YouTube Yes, uh, you can find the, I believe it's the first encounter from Only Fools Are Satisfied is up for free. That match we actually is so shared good. It on Facebook. That match um, is so good. Yes. <laughs> oh, they beat the crap out of each other. Yeah. <laughs> and then afterwards they said, let's do it again. So. And we did. And you did. Doug Weiser, the idiot. What specific wow. run of Ken doll did John Alba draw inspiration for his gimmick from? <laughs> you know, I interviewed Eric Bischoff once, and he agreed that he and I were both Ken Doll brethren. Wow. So that's more of an endorsement than you've ever had, Doug Weiser. Ooh. That's easy E. Eric Bischoff, baby. Eric Bischoff, one of the most underrated WWE theme songs of all time, by the way. Oh, it's so good. I'm back. It's a stomper. Mm. But you know what song he came out to the very first night, Randy? What's that? Back in Black. But oh, yeah? He came out to Back in Black, but they didn't acquire the license to it. So he could oh. only use it once, and then that was that. That's weird. I didn't know that. Yes. 
Doug also asked, what is the perfect late night meal after putting on working a long wrestling show? Ooh. Um, typically. What, just, whatever's just by, open. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the problem is uh, usually nothing is open. But um, typically I'm staying in the Portland area if we have a show. So I will usually frequent autos in Portland. Uh, is that the pizza place? Have, yes, yes, they are open late. Damn good pizza. Um, there's just usually not a lot open. Honestly, like now that we're running in Yarmouth, I just frequent the, uh, the Yarmouth Cumberland farms and I, I get like a, I get a yogurt and, uh, probably a drink. And, uh, I don't know. I don't really trust sandwiches that time. And I, I think they've been there quite some time. So well, I'll, I'll he, dig around, grab a candy bar and dip. He also asked, what is the best sandwich spot in the state? I'll give you mine. Jersey's in Bangor, and I think he opened one up in Old Town, Jersey Subs and Sweets. Okay, As... I, I've yet to be there. Are you yet, kidding yeah. me? You've yet no, to go? Oh, I Randy. Randy. There's one right by the dojo. I know, I know. Oh, my God. It's by the dojo and by when you run uh, American Legion. So I've, I've never actually seen the location that's in the Old Town area. It is, and I can say this authentically, as a Jersey born and bred boy these subs are outstanding and jason coleman who runs it brings the bread in from jersey like pretty much daily and they give you a ton of toppings i highly recommend the boss it is outstanding get a little extra vinegar Mm. Mm. i'm craving it right now just talking about it that's for my money the best sandwich i know people what what's the uh What's the deli in in Winslow that people love oh, there? Yeah, that's gonna be one of my answers. Big G's deli. Big G's, yeah. Big G's was good. I, I've, I know, I've been to a lot growing up in the tri-state area. I've been to a lot of delis, and yeah, it was good. But I like it. Um, I think that's definitely a place. Like once you get your groove on what you know, what you like, definitely get, get a lot there. of food. Um, yeah, and uh, I would I would give a rub to Amato's too. I really like Amato's. That's like a local chain, but like I, I feel like I, I frequent the Bangor or the Portland Amados, and it's very good each time. Got to get jerseys, I'm telling you. You won't regret it. I'm going to try it. I'll try it this week. Get the boss. Okay. Uh, let's see here. What else do we got? Versace Stoner asks, with Chris Statlander and Anthony Green scheduled to face off for the Limitless Wrestling Championship before quarantine, will that match still be taking place when things return? Uh, I would say never say never, but honestly, um, I feel like the entire world of Limitless Wrestling, of Let's Wrestle, uh, it's kind of all up in the air right now. Uh, I have zero clue uh, if we're going to be able to come back with every single match that we were kind of pushing forward to do. Um, So, uh, you know, I I would definitely like to have this match between AG and Chris Statlander. I think a lot of people are looking forward to it, but... I can't say for certain that it's going to happen when we get back. I mean, there could be a, depending on how long it takes, um, we could have a whole new outlook moving forward of Limitless Wrestling and, uh, you know, maybe even a revitalized roster. I have zero idea because things continue to change in the wrestling world every day, but there's no shows to be had. So it's going to really depend on how long it takes to get going again. Phil. Wants to know, will we ever see the Thick Boys in a Limitless Wrestling ring again? I hope so. Um, to my knowledge, John Silver still has 
one of those open contracts with AEW where he is able to still work independence when able. Um, and, you know, I, I really would like to get them back in the mix of things again. They were scheduled to come back in the mix of things very soon, um, but obviously it should happen. But uh, I would definitely like to get them and maybe even some trios action with Puff now that everybody's uh, kind of on the same page. But uh, to answer the question, I would like to have them back again as long as everything uh, goes to plan contract-wise for John Silver or continues to go the way that we thought it would for John Silver. Yes, until the return of monthly shows, what are some ideas you've toyed around for content? Well, I feel like if you're listening to this podcast, you kind of hear that stuff whenever <laughs> we talk about it. Uh, Randy mentioned the Digizine and the magazine and all that kind of stuff. Can we get a column from Danger Kid about cooking recipes? That was something I pitched to you. I'll do you one better. How about a cooking show that's going to drop either today or tomorrow? That sounds disgusting. It was disgusting. <laughs> um, but uh, I tried the I tried the thing that he makes, too. It's fucking it, it's terrible. Um, <laughs> I thought you were going to be like, you know, to his credit, it actually tastes pretty good. <laughs> but no, no I, I think he uh, I, he probably sighed with me. No one no one else would even try it. But uh, no, I mean, what does he make? Tell us. Give us a hint. Really tease this um, thing. So there's peanut butter, cinnamon, uh, a grain of some sort, and then there's a uh, there's a meat product in it that really throws everything fucking haywire. And I'll leave it at that. <laughs> um, it's it's just you know you think it's gonna be you get about two minutes deep in the video and you're like this can't be that bad and then it really just takes a sharp. And turn. does he genuinely think it's good? Um, he ate it in front of me and, and put it over and, uh, you know, not to any great extent, but like he, uh, you know, he was for it and wants to do more of these videos. So, uh, the D it's, it's a rough pilot that we're going to put out there and kind of see what everybody thinks of it. But, uh, we definitely want to do more of those. Um, I, I talked to him actually about the recipe thing after you mentioned it. I think that's something that we're going to do for the magazine. Um, and, uh, We've been we've been just kind of talking about maybe doing um, some some kind of mini shoots about the students and training and uh, really what it's like for different students at different point in their trainings. Um, so maybe that's something that we'll put together as well. And uh, just trying to get more out there and, uh, and anything that anyone has suggestions for. We're always open to it because right now we really have. Uh, an open canvas and definitely a couple months to at least get some content down there and out there. So uh, hopefully we can get a studio taping done here within the next couple months as well. That would be something to add on to uh, YouTube and IWTV, but uh, we're open to ideas. That is outstanding. That's really great stuff. I cannot wait to see that. And our final question for this week's episode of the Limitless Wrestling Podcast comes to us from Greg, a twofold question. One, uh, who has never wrestled for Limitless you would like to see and why? That's question number one. Okay. Um, I definitely would go back to uh, a few people who I mentioned earlier. Uh, Judas Icarus, Big Beef. Uh, Thunder Rosa is someone who I, I would really like to get in the Limitless ring very soon. Um, I can't think of anybody new to debut. But uh, Judas Icarus, I just feel like, to, to go on the why... I think both he and Big Beef would fit very well on the Limitless roster. Um, I think if they were local, they'd probably be on our shows all the time moving forward. They just have, I think, incredible worth, work ethics. And uh, Judas, I think, would tear it up with uh, virtually anyone on the roster. And Big Beef is a big hoss looking to beat some people up. So 
Uh, I think they both fit in very well. Thunder Rosa, there's just a, a lot of fun matches that I'd love to see her in with the Limitless roster. Her and Daniel Garcia, her and Chris Statlander, uh, her and Ashley Vox. Uh, list goes on and on. But uh, I don't know. There's a, there's a lot of people. I have a big list, but obviously uh, on the spot, uh, my, I'm having a brain fart of thinking sure. of new people. But uh, those are three off the top of my head who I would love to work with. And who are five wrestlers to watch currently wrestling on the indie scene in the USA and around the world? Five to watch. Um, I, I'll tell you what, and we talked about him a lot on this podcast, but right now I feel like he is just on top of the independent wrestling scene, and it's Danhausen. Yes. Uh, He's changing Dan the Housen's game, man. One. What's that? He's changing the game. He is. Um, he really kind of opened things up for... I think wrestlers like a Warhorse mm -hmm. and Effie, um, Alley Cat, who are uh, really embracing the the character side of independent wrestling and really trying to uh, build a fan base out of that. And I think they've done all of them in their own respects a great job in doing that. Um, Trey Lamar is someone I've been watching lately. Uh, he was actually like pointed in my direction by MSP. Uh, I've had a blast watching him. Uh, O'Shea Edwards is another one who I've been watching a lot of recently. I discovered him from the Beyond Wrestling Discovery Gauntlet. Um, How much uh, Casey Navarro have you watched? Uh, actually, JT um, sent me a match of his not too long ago. He's, he's very fun. He's very I, talented. He's so short and tiny, but he's so talented. He is. He's got a, a, a big-time underdog feel to him. Uh, makes you want to pull for him in, in a lot of different situations. I'd love to um, see him in a limitless ring. I think he'd be a fun addition too. Uh, and I've been looking like at, at at all aspects of of wrestlers too. Like I've been looking at people who may be good for a let's wrestle. Um, there was a young lady named I believe her name is Molly McCoy um, out of the Chikara Wrestle Factory. I've been looking to bring back Bobby Constellation. Uh, maybe getting a Chikara car together in general for when Let's Wrestle is going again. But I don't know. There's a, there's a ton of people. I have, I have a list somewhere of like a tons of people who I've found during this downtime of just like strolling through YouTube accounts of sure. different, you know, various different independent wrestling promotions. Speaking of Jersey, have you ever really looked into Mike Orlando? I feel like he's a guy who I always hear about, like especially over the last three years. And that's not a name that's really come up in conversation with you. No, uh, I actually know Mike Orlando quite well. Um, we came up together. Uh, he started before me, but we were on a lot of the same local shows at the same time. He actually frequented IWE and main wrestling quite frequently in like 2013 and 2014. So uh, I knew him and uh, his tag team partner at the time, Buff John Graber, pretty well. Uh, Mike got in incredible shape. Like he, he looks like a million bucks right now. Uh, He's had a rough go. He's had a couple tough uh, knee injuries. Yes, that, I was just going to say, um, it's been kind of rough for him because I feel like every time that he starts gaining steam and momentum, um, he's got some kind of injury problem that takes him out for quite an extended period of time. But uh, I think he's a very talented dude. I uh, haven't seen, honestly have not seen a lot of his recent stuff, but uh, he'll be someone I check out as well. Ricky Starks also um, is another dude who... I actually talked to him uh, a few times before everything hit and shut everything down. But uh, former end, what was the NWA television champion, I believe. Uh, I think he's exceptional. I think he's a superstar in the making. And uh, 
if we can get him into Limitless at least once before somebody gobbles him up and gives him a contract for a lot of money, I'd be happy about that. Those are some great questions from everyone out there. We appreciate you participating in hashtag Ask Limitless. Next time we do one, we'll be sure to get that out there as we always do. Just be on the lookout for new content, as always, from Limitless Wrestling, especially on YouTube. Make sure you're subscribed over there. We're going to have some cooking... I'm not even going to say tutorials, because I doubt they're even that, from Danger Kid <laughs> coming up. Um, oh, it's disgusting. Maybe it's a what-not-to-do kind of thing? It could be. It's it's uh, however you, you want know, to take it. You know, Food Network's got that Worst Cooks in America show. Yeah, this could be Worst Wrestling Cooks in America. <laughs> uh, when can we expect that, Randy? Uh, I would say probably by the time this episode goes out, um, that video will be posted. I think it's going to be either tonight or tomorrow. So um, check that out on YouTube.com slash Limitless Wrestling. We'll probably put it up on our Facebook page as well. So um, check it out wherever you'd like, um, and uh, hopefully everybody stays safe. Yes, we will have a lot of exciting stuff to talk about in the next coming weeks as we get that roundtable going, and we'll certainly get that JT Dunn watch along going as well. Excited for that. And we will see you guys next time here on the Limitless Wrestling Podcast.